All right, Brent and Mateo, I'm excited for this conversation and it's going to be a little bit different because Brent, I'm actually going to have you frame the brand because I think you went through a process of due diligence and then Mateo, I'm going to let you tell your, your story next, but tell, tell the story, Brent, how do you get connected here? What is your role in the business? And then how did you vet this thing as, as a partner? Yeah, we, um, I think we started with, and by we, I'm talking about Raintree. We're obviously an FSO and we work with a, a few different brands and we were working, started working with Mateo and Jake and the team at Voodoo in 2020. Um, and as we were going through onboarding, of course, everybody remembered what happened then. Um, I remember, you know, we'd done a few months of work and we were just falling in love with this business model. We went out and met Mateo and the team and saw how awesome this was and we knew this thing would do well. Um, and we were a few months in and then um, I remember Mateo's business partner, one of the other founders of the franchise side, is um, Jake, Jake Volker. And, and um, of course, I got a call from him in April saying, dude, this is bad. We're, uh, we're in a spot where they're shutting all our pubs down. We've got no income coming in. Um, we're going to have to pull the pin on the franchise program. And, um, and again, we, we just knew that um, there was something special here regardless was with what was going on in the world. And so um, fast forward, we just figured out, hey, maybe we can partner up on this and, and get involved at a deeper level. Um, and so we got involved both as franchisees and franchisors. And, um, and I remember actually making that, that sitting down that evening after a couple of calls with Jake and telling the wife, Hey, uh, I know that this is a crazy time and that, 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 um, you know, we're supposed to be playing it safe, but here's what I want to do. I want to go all in on this thing called voodoo. She looked at me like I was nuts. Um, and, and thank God she did because since then working with Matei on the team has been phenomenal. Fast forward to 2023. I think we're one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing brew pub on the planet. Certainly one of the fastest growing franchises out there right now. And, um, it's been a heck of a ride. So we were just fortunate enough to, to be able to partner up with Jake and Mateo and and um, and see through what they'd already created. So, Mateo, go go way back when you're when you're first getting connected to Raintree. Talk about what that due diligence was like, and then obviously, like circumstance changed the direction of having a supplier partner to having a true partner. But what was that due diligence like, and what what even brought you to the table of reaching out to Raintree? Well, when we were building one of our corporate stores, we kind of were building the playbook for what ultimately became kind of like our first FDD franchise ops manual. And we were um, very, very fortunate to, without much marketing efforts, you know, sell a couple of, of stores. Um, and that gave us a proof of concept. Like, okay, well, we should really reach out and figure out a little bit more about this development side of, of franchising because we didn't know much about franchising at the time. Um, you know, we were really just kind of putting it together as we went along and um, we were working with iFranchise to get everything kind of set up and um, really started learning about development. And after doing some research, you know, Raintree seemed like a great fit for us. Um, we met Mike and Brent a couple of times remotely and then really solidified it was when they came out to the brewery and we met and we hung out and met some of their team that flew out. Um, the relationship really kind of, it, the, the spark turned into a blaze and, um, you know, we felt very comfortable working with the, the team there. And, um, you know, the, the circumstances for the bars and restaurants wasn't, wasn't well-timed. Um, 
But, you know, I think that was kind of uh, a, a leap of faith on the rain tree side when, you know, Mike and Brent were like, listen, like, I think this is something we really want to get off the ground and maybe we'll look at this in a little bit of a different way. Um, you know, when we come in, we'll, we can do uh, an arrangement that's a little bit more um, of a partnership base. And of course, we're very amenable to that because at the time, we really felt like we we're going to have to put this whole thing on, on, on pause. Um, and uh, that was not the case. Uh, it turns out that the, the timing was not horrible <laughs> to uh, to go out there and, and and do what we were doing at the time. So, um, really, just came down to just you know great people with you know really good vibes and. You know that really understood you know what we were doing what we were trying to do um and we, we got on very well um it was it was a, it was almost like a perfect partnership love it so i want to i want to zoom out and say what i'm hearing here and if any of you have comments go for it but if i zoom out i i see a guy that understands intricate details of franchise brands coming to the table and saying we want to do more with you as a franchisee and a partner. And so if I'm zooming out, I think that's part of the secret here is you have the guy that was gonna sell this thing saying selling this thing isn't enough for me. I, I, I wanna be part of something bigger. And Mateo, culturally you're saying, which is, which is also a rarity, is you're saying the guy that's gonna sell, culturally we saw something deeper in, in him and what he could provide us and now the, the headline ends up being one of the fastest growing, if not fastest growing uh, brew pubs in, in, in the planet. And so to a buyer, if you're trying to listen to the insight there, I mean, your guys' relationship has continued to scale up as the business has, has climbed. And so if I'm trying to see like, what what's the secret sauce here? There's probably more secret sauce than you're ever going to be able to put on a website or in a press release. Totally. And I think like, Someone told me something once, and it's becoming more and more true as I start to get older. But I was I was once advised to bet on the jockey and not the horse, and you know that's played played so true. Like we've worked with other models at Raintree that 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 had some really strong, unique, powerful elements. That if you look at purely the business model, you're like, this thing's going to be awesome. It's going to be so successful for franchisees, but. As we, 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 we did more and more, you realize it's not always the case that the, the success of the brand is often more driven by the people driving it, right? And, um, and so it's just so rare. And that's why, you know, I think we've developed 40 or 50 brands now. We've been involved with one other prior to Voodoo. And that's purely because it's just so rare to find a business model that's truly unique and has all those unicorn elements, but then the people behind it that back it up and you know they're going to go somewhere. And so when we, we, again, we knew that the model was solved. When we met Mateo and Jake, we knew, all right, this thing we have to get involved with. So for us, it was more about the people, probably more than the model. All right. I, I believe you, but I just want to make sure you weren't drinking because I see a jockey laying in a hammock doing an interview. This is the first time that I did this. So I'm just making sure that we're aligned here, right? <laughs> I did one. I did one last time in a hot tub. <laughs> this is great. This is going to be like a new, new game. Where is Mateo going to do the interview from? Mateo, go, go way back, just to frame it for anybody that's watching this. What's the story behind you and the brand? Like, how does this thing even come come to being a thing? I mean, it's a, it's a long story. So to, to, to shorten it as, as concisely as possible, you know, I mean, it's uh, we're from a very small um, white-collar community. Um, you know, we're blue-collar community, rather, uh, in, in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Um, one of, formerly one of the tool-and-die capitals of the world. And... Um, 
you know, we stumbled across uh, this brewery, my brother and I, uh, we were trying to start a brewery up in Erie, um, got involved in bar and restaurant business and saw this incredible opportunity to save a, a failing business, which was voodoo. Um, it was not under uh, excellent leadership uh, at the time and fell on some financial hardships. So uh, my brother and I came in in 2012 and we took over the business. Uh, when we did that, you know, Kurt focused on brewing, brewing operations, um, you know, really just dialed in on the liquid. Um, I worked on the kind of business pro forma and business model um, with a keen attention on the direct to retail program. Um, so we didn't even have a tap room, but six months after we took over the business, we had our first tap room and we built tap rooms pretty much every like 18 to 30 months after that, uh, like rapid fire. We ended up uh, at one point having seven locations um, and just really felt like, okay, there's something to this. And we kept doing it and improving the process, improving, refining, you know, design elements, everything from your FF and E to, you know, um, you know, purchasing and procurement and staffing. And even like our service model is very unique. So, you know, getting all those things put together, you know, really lend to looking at reaching out further and packaging this for um, independent owners. Can you pause and pinch yourself how far you've come? Did you ever expect it to get to this degree of success this fast? No. Um, and, and there's no time for pause because there's just things happening too quickly. But, you know, I did see a lot of potential in this brand. Um, and, you know, working with my brother and, you know, having um, such good ties to our community, we just figured, look, if we can stick to our our guns and we can stick to what we believe is inherently important, you know, which is obviously quality product, um, you know, delivered consistently, you know, with a huge community focus, um, you know, we just want to repeat and replicate that over and over again. And, you know, we... Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we when we decided to go into franchising, I thought, yeah, we'll have a couple of neat locations, you know, maybe in the, you know, northeast or eastern part of the United States. We we'll have a couple of stores. Um, you know, I didn't think we would be at this point this fast. Brent, if I look at just restaurant brands in general, it's rare that go on a growth projectile like like this brand has gone on. Yet, you know, there's cool sports bars and you know, some, some brands that could pop up that have similar products or they've attached to some sort of line of beer. What is special about this that has made this so easy to digest for people looking to buy into the category that other brands can't seem to find that same ignited? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's quite a few things, but I think one of the bigger ones is just, the fact that it is pretty unique, right? So most people love beer, right? I think we last looked, Americans drink half of all beer consumed across the world. It's just an in-demand product. People kind of get, people are always going to buy coffee. People are always going to buy beer. It's a safe, it's a good segment to be in. But then you couple the fact that it's fun, right? You get to bring not only just any beer, the beer that Matteo and Curtin, the team have created, is renowned not only in this country but internationally. It's award-winning. They're at some of the biggest beer, beer festivals across the planet. Um, it's been rated a top 50 beer. The list goes on. And when people see that this is actually a quality product, and, and that's the difference, right? People say, I got, I got a burger shop. It's a quality burger shop. Or I got a, a flooring franchise or a, a, a pet-related franchise. It's quality. 
it's harder for people to quantify that. Once people see what this, this product has done and the fact that it's in a segment that's been in demand for decades and will continue to be, and then couple that with it's actually a really fun business. You get to bring one of the most in-demand beers and products to your community, be the hero of that community and do that in a fun way. Um, people get that pretty quickly. They want to be involved. Um, and I just think that the, the list goes on from there, but this is something that people really want to have fun and they really know that, that, that it is quality. Brent, do you see fun as also the culture of the leadership? Yeah, look at this dude laying in the, the hammock. I mean, that that is awesome and that's what we want. Um, <clears throat> we want people that we, we don't even have to try, right? This is just who the team is. And that's so refreshing, especially with the timing. We talked about 2020 being pivotal, pivotal for a brand like this to take off. I think what happened and what we saw is so many thousands, if not millions of people got a taste of what it was like to be themselves, to work from home, to have a little bit more freedom and flexibility with their career, to not have to go in the shirt and tie and sit in the traffic and sit in their cube and wait for some person to sit over their shoulder and bark what is them all day and just hate it. They got a taste of what it could be a little differently. And I think people got addicted to that and it was a realization for people that I hate that. That was the old way and it's not needed anymore. And I can have a good, fun, solid career. And Voodoo represents that, right? No one, you'll never see anyone in a shirt and tie. You'll see people in tank tops and flip-flops with a beer in their hand at, at noon. And that's the culture. And I think that's so refreshing to a lot of people that want a simple business with a product that they know is strong in a way that brings their community together that can have some fun. Just all of those things became the perfect storm for so many people looking to get out of mundane corporate America. Mateo, when you're dealing with you know, a higher net individual. This is not buying a home service brand. You're, you have to have some capital to buy this. The saying of passing the beer test is said in so many different businesses, but here more than, more than anything, you have to pass the beer test. When you're, when you're doing the Mateo check to make sure someone could fit into your club or your culture, how vital is that to make sure that they're, they're a good hang to make sure that what you're building, you don't get stuck with stuffy suits who could afford the business, but can't run the business. I mean, that's why we have our approval day. You know, they go through this extremely rigorous process, multi-point process, everything from, you know, their background checks, their previous employment, their, you know, uh, they're vetted so heavily that by the time they come and they meet with me and my team, um, you know, they're, they're essentially, we call it approval day for a reason. Like they're, they're there, they're waiting for us to sign off on it. Um, you know, what's fortunate is, you know, we're in a position where we can say no more than we say yes. You know, we have the ability to be extremely picky and we are picky. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, the high tide rises all ships mentality of a, a business model like ours, we need good quality, you know, franchisees, you know, because they will continue to support each other and that's one of the things a lot of people don't realize like no there's this is not a competition like this is everybody is in this together because the brand will rise as as a collective and we're only going to do that if we stick to you know awarding these stores to people who fit the mold and that's our, that's the biggest thing i actually would much rather find you know a, a franchisee that is the right fit right person um, right attitude um, that fits the culture and has absolutely zero restaurant or retail hospitality experience because, you know, we can provide that, you know, I, I can't 
teach someone how not to be a dumbass or, you know, like a, a, a corporate suit or a stick in the mud. Like we, we can, we can teach them, give them the tools that they need um, to be a successful voodoo franchisee. Mateo, think back to just get, get someone in your head that you said no to. What, what about them made you say no? There's a lot of reasons. I would say most often it's someone who inherently believes that they know everything. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't know everything. You know, I know a couple of things about a couple of things along the way that have worked. Um, you know, but I know that they don't always work. And at one point that might not. And you need to be willing to adapt and change. I, I think there are most often not, it's people who are just not comfortable just buying into the the model we have or the systems that we have, the concepts that we have. Um, you know, we we need people to stay on the reservation because, you know, we have something that's working um, and they, they've got to trust it and believe in it um, and become part of it completely. That's probably my most common reason. Brent, and for anyone, Nico, no. I'll give you another one. For anyone watching here, I remember, and Mateo is so right and all that, we had one person, and now approval days are fun. There's a lot to learn. But we're also, to Mateo's point earlier too, really evaluating that culture fit and seeing how they hold their own and act. And certainly we do beer tasting and we do cocktail tasting and there's that starts uh, relatively early and, one gentleman decided to keep going and slamming some on the side, got absolutely obliterated, and then wondered why he was denied a franchise. So if you're watching and you're looking for a voodoo franchise, don't do that. Well, <laughs> and, and he didn't know that you still cash the franchise fee check. So, you know, he was obliterated. <laughs> so, Brent, if I think, and I, I, I've known you for quite some time, I immediately think of franchisors where you said, here's the blueprint to have success. And they say, yeah, but the same reason Mateo just said he, he would reject someone as a know-it-all. They're like, yeah, but, and they don't do it. And then it doesn't take off. And then they blame you and then they fire you. What I'm hearing here. And if I, I think part of the magic of this is you said, Mateo, this is what we need to do as a business. He said, great. You're the expert and I don't know it. I don't need to be the smartest person in the world. You need to be the smartest person in the world in, in franchising and go and make this happen. And so he gave you the reins to do it. And so to all those brands that may have not had the growth that they could have had under your guidance, is this an example of one that they just listen to you? And that's part of the reason why the magic is working, that you're putting to, you're putting to play. You took the assets of the business and you put it to play. Totally. It's, um, it's just rare. Like we didn't even need to discuss it from day one. Matteo had his core skill sets. Jake had his, I had mine, Mike had his, and everyone stayed in their lane and we reached out to each other. And when there was an issue or a question, people really listened. And that's actually kind of rare in my experience. Everyone seems to know a little bit better and just not listen. And I think there's some inherent trust there that's, that's guided that. And that spills down for the franchisees too. Like it's, here's an example. There's, we call Voodoo in some of the marketing stuff, um, the anti-franchise. What that means is if you go out and you look at the common public perception of what a franchise is, the average Joe thinks of McDonald's where the franchisor has a bazillion rules you need to follow. And if you don't, you're fired. And, and, um, and it seems like this very litigious, strict relationship. Voodoo is kind of the opposite of that. It's truly a collaboration to the point where 
they'll recreate the menu with the executive chef every time based on the exact market and what's best for that community. They'll even go as far as create recreate the logo, the Voodoo Brewing Co. logo, every time to incorporate the, the name's location or the location's name and elements of that community to make it the franchise owner's own. And then the pubs reflect things that are important to their community, not so much what we think is best. And I've never seen that to this level before. And that's where that comes from, that ability to, we don't always know it all. We're not going to tell you what's exactly going to work in your community. Let's figure it out. And, um, and we learned that as franchisors from Mateo and Jake too. And that's what has made this work so well. Brent, was that uncomfortable at all? Because that's not like we've been trained the McDonald's way. Everything has to be the same, same way. Obviously that doesn't fit the culture of this business, but was that, was that refreshing and awkward at the same time? I, I honestly, I really think more refreshing because they seem to have, again, I think starting with our franchise group, we did a really good job of setting up the systems and hiring some people that come from franchise experiences, that right balance between what we shouldn't budge on ever and what we can collaborate on. Let's get your thoughts on what you want to do. I think the balance has always been right. So no, it was never uncomfortable. It's certainly more refreshing. Um, other than uh, continuing to show off your guns on future videos, Mateo. Oh. You're just like, you're like, check this thing out. <laughs> what, what's on my feet? That's why it's like comfortable for me. It's on my hands and my head. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the dream look like now? Like uh, things have changed. So now you're on this, like this, this rocket ship. What, what do you dream about? Providing the attention, quality products to each and every store that opens, whether it's the first or when we decide to award the last, just maintaining that throughout the process. Um, it is so rewarding to me to see these openings and watch ribbon, ribbon cuttings and you see, you know, local chambers of commerce or visitors bureaus or, you know, I mean, some of these are very small communities outside of maybe larger cities. They're not all in great big metropolitan, you know, metropolitan areas. Um, you know, we've had um, a ton of these uh, actually done as community revitalization initiatives. I mean, this is what's cool about craft beer. Craft beer without community is, is just another, another, another drink. And I think that's what makes craft beer cool. It makes, you know, this opportunity unique. Um, so to me, that's, that's what's next. Just making sure that every one of these uh, goes off like the one before it um, and just maintaining that. Because, you know, whether we're going to do you know, a hundred stores or 250 stores, or however many stores we're going to do, just every one of them, you know, having the same level of, uh, of attention to detail. Brent, no, no, no bullshit. If you, if you think back in your career, I mean, I'm doing it right now in my head. How many times, if that question's been asked, you really authentically believe the person that it's not about the money? Yeah. I mean, it's rare, right? And it's so true in this case. It's absolutely true. Our team knows it. The franchisees know it. The franchise partners know it. It's true. Um, and you know, look, we honestly we've got our work cut out for us. Like we've we've awarded a lot. The demand is so so there, right? I think we've we've probably up to eighty something awarded now, and just really less than two years of of going hard at this. Um, and so now, to Mateo's point. We've got to, got to open them at scale like we've been awarding them. And the team's doing such an awesome job. They really are. They're opening to some of the, well, earnings claim stuff. But ask the franchise owners how these things are opening. And, and that's the most exciting part for us is, is I haven't seen 
the type of volume that we're seeing in these open. The team's pulling it off, but we got a lot of work. We've got a lot more to open, and it's going to be a crazy couple, a year or two for, for Voodoo in doing that. And it's exciting. It's absolutely exciting. Mateo, if there's a candidate out there, they've watched this video, they're buying into it, they might be laying in their own hammock in their, in their uh, backyard. They probably don't have it in an office yet. But <laughs> what do you want them to know about this business that if they're, if they're on the fence, they're on the edge, and probably not – edge with you they're on they're scared of franchising in general what do you want them to know uh, as a ghost that might turn them into a lead for you guys i mean a couple of things so if you're not scared it's not for you you should be a little scared it's okay it's okay to be scared you know no great you know reward doesn't come without some great risk so there's that's the first thing and it's okay um you know we we're here to to support from from day one so got a great team um, you know, it's a pretty tried and true model. Um, so there's, there is that. Um, but you know, if you're talking about a tips, you know, make sure your community would welcome it. You know, that's, that's really important. I, I, you know, it needs to be something that will be, you know, embraced by the community. It's going to be part of the community. It's not, this is a pretty selfless thing. I mean, yes, the hope is, you know, you, are, are profiting and you're making your percentage of, of gross profit that you you're trying to attain and your ROI and your investment. Yes. All those things, but you know, it's a, it's a pretty, it's gotta be a labor of love and you gotta do it a little bit selflessly. You have to be willing to give back and contribute and, and be a part of the community because people will, will come to you and look up to you. Um, you know, you're going to be sponsoring um, golf outings and providing uh, donation baskets for charity events. And you're going to be speaking, um, you know, at community events and like, it's, it's part of it. So you gotta be ready for all of that. Um, it, like Brent said, it's not a McDonald's. It's not your traditional franchise. You know, this is, uh, especially in a lot of scenarios where you're putting these, um, it's, it's pretty, um, significant, uh, change to these communities and, and be, be prepared for that. I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you and that's okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to close this with a, with a quick story or quick comparison. So Dos Equis was a relatively unknown beer company until they were able to humanize it through the most interesting man in the world. And all they did is take the most interesting man in the world and put him out there into the world in all the areas that they already spent money on advertising. Bud Light took the Dilly Dilly commercials, which I would argue are the smartest marketing commercials of the last 10 years but what they didn't do is they never connected the silos. They didn't take that message and deliver it onto their onto their website. So you go on their website during the Super Bowl, it's all about seltzer. I've always said this, that brands don't sell brands, people do. And if anybody is watching this, Mateo, you can see it in you. You're being authentic. You're no, no bullshit. And you're setting the tone that if you join this culture, we expect the same out of you, which in turn, you hear Brent saying, talk to the franchisees about the sales volume. It's very rare that I see these pieces come together. And clearly you guys were able to do this long before we had this conversation. Um, but I got to say, I'm, I'm super impressed with this, uh, super pumped up for where you guys are going. And I find it very rare that a franchise like this exists. We're too, we're too stuffy. We're by the book. Uh, franchisees, you're going to operate the way that I want. The founder will say some of the good stuff, but really it's all about money at the end of it. And here you can see there's a lot of authentic viewpoints and approach here. And I just want to say I'm grateful for having this conversation because I can see what you guys have set up and it's it's quite impressive. So 
Um, for Brent and Mateo, I'm Nick. This is another episode of Meet the Zor. Uh, go find more information on these guys. We're going to keep watching this story as it continues to grow. Take care. Thank everybody. you very much. See you guys. Thanks, Nick.